Sword and Board. I'm Luke. And I'm Lars. This is two brothers talking about movies. <laughs> Particularly movies that are pretty nerdy. They are yes. the fantasy <laughs> genre. And and today, Lucas, for our intrepid uh, listeners, we've got three movies that when you first broach them, or at least broach one of them, this idea that let's do these movies, they're not necessarily fantasy movies. They're fantasy adjacent, but when I started thinking about it more, they're merely really more legendary. Yep. And legends, in my mind, are definitely fantasy. Yeah. When I think about fantasy movies a lot of the time, I am not necessarily going straight to the Krulls and the Excaliburs, but I am... The Conans, your sword and sorcery movies. Yeah, I'm probably... But I am probably going to go to a sword fight. I'm probably going to go to some kind of historical adjacent fantasy adjacent thing as well something swashbuckling because swashbuckling adventures tend to be on the same same spectrum but before we get into that lars how are you doing i'm doing good i'm doing really good actually um it's been a heck of a year i'm glad that we're already in september which means that we're almost out of 2020 yep i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i thought man i can't wait to get out of 2019 i jokes on me i have been saying that since 2016 you know (laughs) i wonder why yeah i know right (laughs) and we keep talking and just things keep getting weirder and weirder things are okay here it's uh it's we're back on the uptick of we were on like 75 to 80 degree days like the past week and it's been nice it's finally cooled Mm -hmm. down next three days are supposed to be in the 90s which is just gross but Mm -hmm. it's looking like there's a chance of snow on tuesday here all right i'm stoked i don't that'll be nice (laughs) I'm tired of hot weather. Isn't it funny how that's what you're considering as hot now, though? Well, no, I've been... Well, it's not this. It's not the same. I mean, yeah. the hot in Colorado is not the same no, it's as not. Mobile but hot. I have always... <laughs> I've despised hot weather my entire life. And yeah. spending 10 years in a swampy hell, it will do that. We'll make it worse. <laughs> so... Um, no, I mean, think, yeah, I mean, and, and down here, we're, we're experiencing a heat wave, but I mean, things are good. We, um, Elliot starts like live in, you know, live classes on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, it's virtual, but he's going to be live and, you know, there's the growing pains of that and Eleanor wants to be in school with him and, yeah. but I mean, things are, things are going pretty good. I mean, we're, uh, we have one last hurrah at the beach coming up. We're going to go to the Labor Day, uh, weekend beach trip, but um, beyond that, really, just uh, I don't know, just kind of hunkering down and and watching some fun movies. Yep. <laughs> I uh, I've been reading a lot lately, and I'm rereading one of my uh, my favorite comic series. Have you ever heard of Atomic Robo? Atomic Robo. Atomic Robo. It is a it's a it's a now all online, but it's a, an actual print comic, and it's about a robot built by Nikola Tesla in the 20s, and his adventures throughout time. Or from the 20s to now. And the best description I've ever seen of it was for the uh, tabletop board game, uh, tabletop RPG. You know how you can walk, watch a documentary about archaeology, and it's a bunch of university professors and grad students carefully brushing do- uh, dust from rocks, and they learn something very important about pottery? Meanwhile, Indiana Jones is also an archaeologist, but mostly he runs around shooting bad guys and having car chases. Ap- yep. Apply the Indiana Jones model to every other field of study. And that's Atomic Robo. Hmm. Okay. And it's about it's him and his action scientists, and they fight science problems throughout history, and it's it's incredible. 
Cool. And it goes back and forth between like the first stories in the 40s when he's fighting the Nazis, and then it goes to now and through the 50s, and because it's non-linear and it's just him, his interactions with famous scientists and famous things that have happened throughout history, and it's really well done, really great art style, uh, and really clever. And that's been like cool. I've been really excited to reread that because I forgot how good it is. I just went back and did uh, read Flashpoint. Yep. Which is a beautiful comic book. Really great, cool story. I hope that that's the direction they're going with the Flash movie. That's a uh, Francis uh, Manipal, right? The artist. I think so. The kind of like I think pastel? so. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I finished Batman sixty six, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I on the other end of the spectrum, I'm in the middle of Gotham Central, which is fantastic. Genius. Oh my god, it's so, so good. Such a good, such a good idea. One I really didn't like at all, mm-hmm. and I've, this is like the third or fourth time I've tried to read it. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis. It is just brutal, and and like the artwork is terrible. Like compared to, you know, think through the order in which I've just read these. I've read Flashpoint, which is an incredibly sentimental, beautiful comic book. I read Batman sixty six, neat kitschy retro drawings but then you know it's still really cool it's a love letter and then you get to crisis and it's so dated and so 80s and just like it's just yeah it was i i I couldn't do it as a slog this is like the third or fourth time i tried to read it and i was like nope Uh, i can't do it again well it's it's kind of like watchmen i it's groundbreaking and cutting edge at the time but i don't get any enjoyment out of it it's kind of bland and dated. It's really dated. But, there you go. Um, so it's kind of like King Lear. Uh, you write your, your thesis in it, about it in college, and but you don't really do anything past that because there's no real enjoyment for you anymore. Yeah, I, I dig that. Yeah, and like the ground's broken already. I'm good. But it's been great for the whole <laughs> CW uh, stuff. Uh, they made that incredible adaptation of it, and which is really good. Which is really good. <laughs> they did a so, really good crisis. So much story better than it had any better than it had any um, right to be. We're rambling. <laughs> we're rambling here because these movies. I would say, Lucas, that these were not like the best fantasy movies that we've watched. You'd be correct. We watched one really good movie. Like, like I had forgotten how good it was movie. Yep. We watched one movie that I loved when I was a kid. And it's not that great. And then we watched one that we had never seen before, either of us. And we'll start with that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know how... uh... You lean on the word neat a lot. When, yeah, yeah. So I've noticed that I tend to do it when with, uh, I'll introduce a movie as, so the adventures of Robin Hood, and I emphasize the right. the so. Uh, Errol Flynn, um, Olivia de Havilland, who, who died like five days ago and she was like 116. Yeah. And that's just, you know. And probably ate like red meat and smoked a pack of cigarettes every day. Yep. And more like power co- to Like, COVID it. was scared of her. That's basically what... <laughs> Keith Richards and COVID. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so, and that, and but a ton of other people, like the the um, the bad senator from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah. He's little, jo- he's Prince John. Yeah, and the guy they based, uh, based Sinestro off of, uh, David Niven, 
he uh he's um uh yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is guy gisbon right 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 yeah thanks so a to b plot it's robin hood we all know and love robin hood my, or my one love robin hood um the thing is i've seen this movie done better and that's basically the Disney movie. And I don't Well, I, I've seen this movie done better, which is the, the cartoon. I've seen this movie done funnier, which is Men in Tights. Yep. I've seen this movie done darker, which is both the Prince of Thieves and the Taron Edgerton mm-hmm. movie. So then this one's just kind of like... it. it it's obviously it's the first one, right? Right? Is it the yeah. first one or is it like the first big one? It's probably the first big one. I don't know off the top of my head, but this is the Robin Hood movie that every single scrap of Robin Hood media ha- is either is directly influenced by, is trying to be, or is desperately trying not to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so every Robin Hood story that there's been is basically trying to do this one. Uh, it's the story of Robin Hood. It- yeah. 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 And so he's a nobleman. He, you know, King Richard is off fighting the Crusades. Uh, the land is poor and oppressed. Yada yada yada. He decides to fight for justice and and the sanctity of an Europe. outlaw. Yeah, and he yeah. Steals from the rich, yeah. gives to the poor. There's an archery contest. He loves Maid Marian. Richard comes back. They fight the king. Like they fight Prince Don, the end. Yeah, exactly. It's, it it's was interesting pretty... though. There were some things that were were different about this one than other Robin Hood movies that I've seen with it, that I I did like, and I liked the origin of him. Like you know, in Prince of Thieves, he's coming back from the Crusades, and he just you know he just starts being an outlaw. Right. This this kind of gives him more, and and in the in like the the newest one with Taron Edgerton, he's almost like Zorro. Yeah. You know, and, and and all that. And then in the cartoon one, we, we are dumped in media res. He's already been Robin Hood for several years now. And, he you know, he's the, the folk hero. This one, he is a nobleman. He's a Saxon or he's a Norman. He's a Saxon. And I don't know much about the Normans and the Saxons. That's a period of history that I just that did not Well, you want the greatest hits? Let's go for it. Okay. So... Long and short, uh, the uh, the Saxons were the uh, leftover Viking and Germanic invaders who came over and sacked post-Roman England, and they settled there. Uh, and the Normans were uh, they were Frenchmen, Franks, who had crossed over in um, battle uh, in 1066, and they became the ruling class. Um, it's why the word for yeah cow bovine is germanic in origin but it's why the word Mm -hmm. beef is french in origin because the person working the lands was going to be germanic but the person eating the beef was going to be french and so the saxon tended to be poorer they tended to be farmers they tended to be a bit more uh rural yeah exactly and the normans were the rich people they were the bougie people uh does that make sense yeah Uh, cool and yeah, that's a very, very loose breakdown of what's going on. Got it. Uh, that's not hundred gotcha. percent okay. accurate, and it's not, you know, exactly. But I mean, it, it that's played up so much more in this one than in any other Robin movie, Robin Hood movie that I've seen. Like, it, I think this is the only. It's not just the rich and the poor. It is a class. It is a group of people that are overseeing another group, and he is a nobleman within this lower caste that is seeking to like bring himself up and bring the bring his people up 
So I that that I really appreciated. I like that aspect of it. I don't know how you felt about it, but I just thought like Yeah, no, that was a really cool uh take. It's at least very different and it's interesting because it's more based off of uh like some of the older written stuff because they haven't had a chance to be a Robin Hood movie yet, mm-hmm. or at least a popular one. So they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And so this is kind of like Howard Pyle and Ivanhoe almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's inter- There's no sheriff. Yeah, that was weird. But, you know, again... It's the guy of Gisborne. Like, he, right. he's the bad guy, which is the... In, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he's the one that... But why a spoon, cousin? Why not an axe? Or a, because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. Um, that's Guy of Gisborne. Right. Um, He's great. I will have to say, Men of men in Tights. So we've already talked about Robin Hood, Men in Tights. This, that movie is so much funnier now, in my opinion, and makes so much more sense now that I saw this. Because I always thought that Robin Hood, Men in Tights because it came relatively close to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. I thought it was spoofing Prince of Thieves. It's not. It's spoofing this. Yeah, and it's because Mel Brooks has such a, a love for classic cinema and classic Hollywood. This is his Robin Hood movie. But even beyond that, there's so many things reference this and have the same kind of color palette. Like that that amazing episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where uh, they all get transported to... Uh, Cube makes the, yeah. the simulation. <laughs> he, he smashes the guitar. Where Worf smashes <laughs> Jordy's guitar. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's so good. That... Yeah. Well, well, yeah. They, 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 they even kind of changed that because in the original script, the original idea... It was supposed to be Camelot, which makes way more sense as a mapping because he's because Picard's kind of in a love triangle with Q with over Vash in that movie in that episode. But because of the popularity of the uh, Robin Hood movie that was out right then, they had to rework everything, and that's why it kind of feels weird. But it's you know it's so good, you know, sir. I protest. I am not a merry man. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, um, we were talking about what were we talking about? We were talking. Oh, this this there's a lot of things in this movie that that you can see, you know, throughout others. We're talking about a lot of other things because there really isn't a lot to talk about here. I mean, to be honest, I I, I liked you know that montage of the people passing the word around like the meeting in Sherwood like hey Sherwood like it's like myths building like i like that that was that i that mm-hmm. was neat there's the neat robin hood laughs so fucking much and all of them all of them laugh <laughs> like i get it you're merry men yeah like, just chill the fuck out <laughs> it's like you don't have to laugh so much <laughs> it's one of those things where they don't know what they're how they how to play the character yet so he's a lovable rogue who doesn't know <laughs> what to do, and so he, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a yeah, right. <laughs> he's a swashbuckler because we don't have right. those kinds of and I, of you know, yet. it's always yeah. bothered me with with any of these movies that you know at least little you know we don't see the fight with Little John and, and Robin Hood, but like was Robin like was Little John just like hanging out in that log all day? I I, I assumed it was a he was he was doing the. That was a log that a lot of people crossed over, so he had to. He knew that if he camped there, he could make some money. And that's um, and, and that's actually they did that pretty well in the 
Mel Brooks. That well, no, in um, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Like yeah, they were robbing people. So like that, right. you know. Okay. But um, it just felt drawn out. I think that was my mm-hmm. problem with this. It was it was almost a two hour long movie, and it was just really drawn out, or, or at least two hours. It hit all the beats. Like there's the you know he s- splits the arrow in half, and he does all these things, and all you know. It just it just was really plotting, and then we finally get to this crazy sword fight at the end. Mm-hmm. And Dad mentioned how he thought it was a great sword fight. I thought it was terrible because it it looked weird. It was all sped up. Every sword fight in this in this movie is sped up, and I noticed that too. Like I'm, I was actually just to bring that up. Like that first sword fight he has against all the goons in Nottingham Castle is super sped up. Why? And then, <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, so what I noticed, what I thought was great was that castle set, Yeah. that circular staircase, in every movie that's about Golden Age Hollywood, there is a castle set with that circular staircase. It's in Frankenstein. It's in... It's in The Rocketeer. Yeah. Like when they, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. You're right. And, to, I mean... It's funny because that that oh, that scene where Robin comes and like brings the boar that he's killed from the King's Forest, mm-hmm. like shot for shot, Mel Brooks remade that. Like, yeah, was brilliant. Mm-hmm. What we've seen better sword fights in this project, particularly of the, and not even just like like I mean, you know, Highlanders is crazy epic sword fight. That's it's not great choreography, but there's just weight to it. But exactly. sword fights in this era, we've seen better ones. Prince Valiant was a way better sword fight. <laughs> Agreed, and it and it's the weight that was added to it because the prop because the props were were getting dented. They felt like belt beat the shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then but the, but um, it had great like sword like clangs mm-hmm. in the other movies. This one was like click 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 click, and, click and it's click, and it's click, a lot more. They're ju- they're not sword fighting. They're hitting each other. They're hitting their swords against each other. They're, and There's, you were absolutely right that uh, the what made like Highlander great was that they were not sword fighting. They were trying to knock each other's heads off with the, each other's swords, and you were mm-hmm. blocking that from happening. This is I'm gonna and I'm making a motion in the in the air where I'm not actually thrusting my sword at you. It is like at the air above you. That's uh-huh. that's a sword fight, <laughs> and that's not a sword fight. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I will say it's. It's fascinating to watch the history of cinema, the way, like, costumes have changed and what we expect to seem as a movie, Mm -hmm. because this is still very much a films are plays we're able to do different things with. Right. So these look like stage costumes. These look like, because they're bright and they're colorful and they have to... I I was jokingly thinking when he's riding through the forest, I'm like, is that red guy going to turn out to be Will Scarlet? Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. he is. Yep, yep. (laughs) <laughs> well, they have to pop, right? Like you have, uh-huh. like the the outfits have to pop. Yeah, it. Um, I mean, it was fine. I, he, I, Errol Flynn was a very charming, dashing guy. I get it, mm-hmm. but um, not my favorite Robin Hood. No, by no, by no. by far. <laughs> Which is, you know, and, and and some of that might be nostalgia for the other movies that I, you know, this is the first time I saw this, but it just didn't didn't land for me. The one thing that really landed about this next movie that we'll talk about was the credits song. So what's the better song? All for One and One for Love, or Everything I Do, I Do It For You? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Sophie's choice. I feel like I've, I'm Meryl <laughs> Streep right now. Um, so we're talking about, so, we're talking about The Three Musketeers. From uh, 1994? Four? Yeah, I think so. This is an utterly inexplicable movie. (laughs) Because 
someone thought that let's make a let's make Nin- a three musketeers Nin- 93 93 okay so let's make a three musketeers movie because we can adapt another story robin hood's popular it's kind of riding off the 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 tales of robin hood yep. let's get a bunch of character a bunch of actors in the at the height of their of their power and let's do when i was watching this i was thinking this is more or less prince of thieves done right because it's it hits the similar beats of Prince of Thieves. It hits the similar style of Prince of Thieves. It's just a little bit shinier and a little bit, a little bit cleaner looking. This is it, or, cor- correct. Maybe not, done, maybe not. Maybe not done right. That's not like maybe not done. Right done. Place, but... Um, this is like it's Young Guns. So Young Guns was a western uh-huh. with these basically these actors, right? Yeah. And and you know it's gritty and it's dirty, but it's it's like a it's a young kind of feeling, you know, thing. And I feel like this is the same kind of energy, but translated to a historical swashbuckling movie mm-hmm. where it's it's 90s it's kind of hip they're young they're not like stuffy kind of they've thing. got the ni- they've got nice like faux period costumes everything's really bright and colorful right nope, a to be no plot, nobody yeah. has a french accent which is perfect which is perfect Um, and again going off of the this is more historical than robin hood there were musketeers mm -hmm. there were plots to overthrow king louis and all this kind of stuff but cardinal richelieu was an actual was an actual person there probably was a man in the iron mass so the three musketeers show up later in man Iron mass obviously but so this is more historical but it's still like the legend of the Three Musketeers, right? This is a legendary story, A to B plot of the legendary story of the Three Musketeers, because it does hit most of the beats. Yeah. So the A to B plot is that a young Luke Skywalker travels to Paris <laughs> to train with three Obi Wan's who are not Just quite as my drink. Jesus. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, like t- together, the three of them make one okay Obi Wan. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> I would say that Kiefer Sutherland is on is almost at Obi. He's like Padawan level yes. Obi Wan. Yeah, the so, other two yeah, are just so... his fuck up friends. <laughs> <laughs> so it um yeah, and so he goes. Uh, D'Artagnan travels to Paris. He wants to be a musketeer because his father. He wants to be a musketeer like his father before him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm gonna milk this all. Keep going. Fucking keep, night, going man. keep going. Go go yeah. for it. So. He wants to become a musketeer like his father before him. He finds out that they've been disbanded and that there are they have scattered to the winds uh, after Order sixty six because Cardinal Richelieu has reformulated France into a grand empire. The king has been overthrown and deposed, sort of, or he's on the pro- he's in the process of being uh, like unbeknownst to him, really. Yeah, like, unbeknownst to him, yeah, because he's, uh, he's a kid, right? So Richelieu's Darth Vader, who was once one of the Musketeers but was kicked out by Obi Wan. Richelieu, Richelieu, ended... Richelieu is not. No, Richelieu was not a. But his Darth Vader, hit Richelieu's uh, Darth Vader. Got it. The guy with the Richelieu, guy who's Richelieu. I thought you said Richelieu is Darth yes. Vader. You no, were no. possessive, yes. possessive apostrophe Richelieu's Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Got it. Uh, who dresses in all all black? Who is also Guy of Gisborne from Prince of Thieves? Prince of Thieves. Yep. 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 Hitting the beats of that again. Such so a great voice. Kick- that that guy has. Oh God. Such an awesome villain. He was voice. the bad guy in the Crow. He's the bad guy in the Crow. Yep, he's just like this grand, and I, I think I wrote his name down. He's yeah, he's he's a Canadian um, actor. We looked it up when we were watching it. But he's reliably wonderful as a bad guy. Like yeah. he is just perfect. So he was like, he's a shining part of the movie. Yeah, and so D'Artagnan goes. He 
partners up with them. I can't remember if it's part of the the actual original movie or if it's something that we've done. But he D'Artagnan challenges all th- uh, original book, but D'Artagnan ch- challenges all three of the Musketeers to a duel at the exact same time. One and hour. It's one hour different. What, what, yeah, and that's that's part of the story. That's a very okay. famous part of the story. It's you know he gets to Paris. You know the the Musketeers are disbanded. He pisses off. Porthos, Porthos, and Aramis at different points, and each one mm-hmm. of them says, okay, I shall duel you at 1 o'clock, I shall do you at 2 o'clock, and he, they all show up at the same time because they're buddies, and it's like, hey, wait a minute, I'm supposed to fight this guy at 2. I can't let you kill him, I have to kill him. Right. The bad guy, Count de, uh, de Rockford, is uh, Michael Wincott. There we go. Michael uh, Anthony Claudio Wincott. Perfect. He's a Canadian actor, it's amazing. I love, it's so few movies now are sincere. Mm-hmm. There's no irony to this. To everything that happens. There's no, like, winking at the camera. It's, they're acting earnestly. They are going out of their way to make it thing. And I, I appreciate that a lot. And then there's Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry's in a different movie. Tim, <laughs> Tim, Curry, Tim Curry's just still being Tim Curry. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love, like, uh, you know, and he's great in it. But, so, first of all, Chris O'Donnell's a horrible actor. I'm sorry. He's terrible in this. I could, he could, every time he talked. It's just like, yeah. I don't care. He, he's an American. Yeah, he's playing a surfer dude. A surfer kid. Well, it, not even that, but just like, he's got this, like, his mouth's always open for some reason. Yeah. And it just looks... Dull surprise. It just dull surprise the entire time. And I'm like, come on, man, you're fucking D'Artagnan. You're supposed to, like, <laughs> you know, be a little bit more swashbuckly. I could have done without him. I thought that Kiefer Sutherland was great. Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, the tortured guy. He was awesome. Charlie Sheen is playing Charlie Sheen and whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Um, he was fine in it. I could have done with without Oliver Platt's like little like I, I aside. Oliver Okay, Keith Sutherland makes sense. Uh good actor. Has been in a lot of things. Charlie Sheen makes sense. He's on he's a hot property at that time. Mm-hmm. Oliver Platt. Yeah. And and like he made little and like he's gr- He's I think he's fun- good. He's funny. He makes little, but it, he's in a different movie too. Like yep. he and he and Tim Curry are in a different movie because he's making little like almost '90s little quips throughout mm-hmm. it, and then like freaking Richelieu, all for Wadden and more for me. And it's like, oh come on, that's so silly. And then I, I forget who said who says this to him, but like you shall answer to God you first and like he stabs the guy and it's like this is so cheesy and and like you're you're great tim curry but it it just it just felt out of place it felt very that felt very winky 90s hey look at what we're doing everything Uh else felt like hey we're just making a swashbuckling movie Mm -hmm. and it's yeah and it's got pretty set pieces it's got pretty costuming Mm -hmm. um competent sword fighting what's funny is uh so the reason why Charlie Sheen punches people more than all the other actors is that he didn't attend the six-week sword fighting course that everyone else did because he was either he either a had another movie or b an important drugs appointment. Right. And probably I probably little column A, little column B actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why he punches people. So this, as I said, this is a lot like Prince of Thieves. In the same way that it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, but it's sincere. Music goes a lot, to, uh, does a lot towards it, hundred percent. Because Brian Adams just knocks it out of the park again. But he also like they use that instrumental way more. Yeah. Oh, throughout the whole movie, it's not so just... much. But 
Yeah. It's so much more than like, everything I do, I'll do it for you. Uh-huh. And it's perfect. It's such a good, like, such oh, a good piece of Oh, it's rousing. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's the school of, much like Adventures of Robin Hood, the school of, I stab, I quickly stab you and you're dead instantly. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, kn- I understand it's a movie, so you can't, like, have, you know, it's easier just to, like, all right, you're dead. But people, when people get stabbed... They don't, like, just die instantly. No, you do not. You, It's painful. You bleed out. And you, like, you're in agony. And you're, you know, it's not just, like, one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And every one of these guys, it's like, I don't even think that thing went that deep in some of them. And they're instantly dead. <laughs> So it's just it was I don't know it yeah I I have I have been stabbed accidentally worse than these people and yes and you're you're alive <laughs> last time I checked last time you checked um but you know it, it's a it was a fine movie it was it was a fun to rewatch it it was definitely one that I watched a ton when I was little we watched a ton of this see that's um, funny is I don't remember what I remember of this movie before seeing it now was when the musketeers all when the jedis all come back and they all come out rushed out in their blues that's what i remember that is the only thing i remember from watching this as a kid really well i mean it really? wasn't it wasn't one that like it wasn't on every it wasn't robin hood robin hood was on every week yeah <laughs> at our house but this one i remember watching this quite a few times and and mostly i mean that song now though yes that and the song we're singing is 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 all for one all for love by brian adams rod stewart and sting (laughs) and it's like just awesomeness like yeah vortex into itself (laughs) which which will go a long way and i think boosting this movie's ranking because we was we have made a big point point of music is is a huge part of this of of this endeavor it is, and um, th- and this one, this one is, is going to help propel it. Because otherwise, eh, there's not a yeah, lot to talk it, about with it's it. Fu- it's fun, it's fun, but that's about it. And it's so. Speaking of music, speaking of music, you know what's an interesting thing when movies use mu- uh, music outside of their own their time frame to uh, establish the setting better than what would have actually been there. Like, Quentin, the, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino does a this phenomenally in Django Unchained. They're, they're, uh, they're, when the when everything's get, like the big gunfight and he yep. has like this bumping rap song, like this. Get, I get it. Great. Boz Lerman <laughs> in Great Gatsby to to Jay Z establish that establish the excess of the area of the era. Yep, perfect. And then there's a Knight's Tale. And a Knight's Tale, <laughs> like I wish it had even gone further. To be yep. honest, because this was. A really fun movie to rewatch. This was I, really good. One of the things that I remember when I rewatched this was Chadwick Boseman died a couple of days ago. He did, and yeah, and that's really sad. And it reminded me mm-hmm. a lot of Heath Ledger dying because that was a same kind of. This is a talent that we have lost far, 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 far too soon. And yeah, and watching. Just, yeah, you're right. Because I mean, yeah, with 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 Chad Bozeman, I mean, not just Black Panther, but just I mean, incredible talent. Seemed like a really stand-up dude too. Yep. Right. And you know, Heath Ledger had his demons and whatever, but he also seemed like a pretty stand-up dude. Like he didn't yep. seem like fame had gone to his head. Like he was, no. he was just a good actor and seemed like mm-hmm. a pretty cool guy. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, but no, I mean, no, no. I, I, But I, I, could, I, I completely see the parallels there. Is that yeah? You know, both very cool people that we have mm-hmm. unfortunately lost way too early. And watching A Knight's Tale again, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. How utterly refreshing it was <laughs> to watch 
Heath Ledger in a movie that's actually good. He's charming. He's charming as hell. <laughs> and it's just he's so good to watch and he's got he's just there's a lot of subtleties the way he plays things. It's fantastic. What's the A to B plot? Cuz that <laughs> Yeah, so A to B plot, Heath Ledger's character, what's his real name? His real name is Will Thatcher. Will, Will. That's right. So yes. Will is a squire to like a just a knight that's at the, on his last legs and he dies. He's basically he he he's the dead. Knight the knight dies. I think he like was like drunk and he just passes out mm-hmm. and he dies. And it's like they're in a tournament. Somebody has to go or they're going to forfeit. And they're like, we haven't eaten in days. Like him him and his his two buddies that are also squires. Like we haven't eaten in days. We've got to do something. So he puts the the armor on and that's a no no. If you you know they they make a big deal of you know jousting was the football, the soccer, the hockey, the every sport. That has fanatical fans about. Yeah. In this time frame, it was that Ra- mm-hmm. wrapped up like that was that was the sport, and I loved how vi- like they made it really violent and like it was scary, but you had to be a nobleman to participate. So he puts it on. He goes and fights. He wins. He realizes, hey, if I train a little bit, I could be pretty good at this. So he pretends to be a nobleman so he could, you know, win money. And, win and, money. And, and, and along the way, he wins the heart of a, a fair maiden. He pisses off a real knight. Hilarity ensues. And, you know, everybody comes out good at the end. But that, So that's the A to B plot. What they And it could have been just, you know, meh, standard stuff. They made a lot of interesting creative choices. And one of them is when they're going into the stadium, the first sign, it's not this like... <laughs> like you know it's queens we will rock you starts blaring Mm -hmm. and then there's other times where like they're at a dance and like a david bowie song like golden years Mm -hmm. like step pops in i love that because it really it showed you this is a way to look at the world so you understand it without having to beat you over the head with all the thing i just said like well, yeah. back in my day, not, you know, this is, it, you completely get it. Like, okay, this is the stadium sport. Got it. Because, yeah, you can you can do, film language allows you to do different things. And, uh, yeah, it's perfect. It's such a great little choice. And I, I, I agree it with It was, you, and, I, and I, I, w- wish, I wish they'd do it, had done it more. Yep, because there's times where I don't know what they would have chosen for those moments. But, like, when she comes to him in the, it, he's been beaten to hell, and she comes to him in his, uh, his tent, I don't know what kind of song they could have played there, but that was a some sort of Al Green sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like like this orchestral like. Oh, and now we're now we're a serious movie. Damn it! Yeah, you you could have, you could have totally done like a a Marvin Gaye and Al Green, uh, like a that kind of thing. Exactly. But James Purfoy's in it, which he's great. As I said, it's funny. James so Purfoy. So ta- uh, James Purfoy plays the Black Prince of Wales. Oh, the that's future right. Future ruler. Yeah, he's um. I made a joke about how uh, when we watched Solomon Kane that you only get James Purfoy when you can't get Gerard Butler, and you only get Gerard Butler when you can't get um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Well, what's even funnier is the guy who plays Edamar, the bad guy. You only get him when you can't get James Purfoy. Right, and they're both in this movie. <laughs> Two for the price of one. Yeah, exactly. No, it was it was it was. Um... I don't know it's just a lot of it was a lot of fun. It had a really great theme. You know, it was about you know, can a man change his star? You know, and his yes. dad tells you know when he's little, he's like, you know, Will, you know, we're we're poor, we're Thatchers, but any man, if you work hard enough and if you're a good man, you can change your stars. Mm-hmm. 
you you can change yeah. your, your destiny and of course he does and and but it is it's funny it's it's another three's company plot where he's hiding something and if he just was honest about it early yep. all the hullabaloo probably been. wouldn't have been that bad <laughs> yeah um, I loved the, um, there's little touches where his blacksmith, he hires a woman because he can't afford a guy, and she ends up being awesome, and she has a little Nike mm-hmm. swoops it's on a- her suit of armor, and it's super light, so he can just hop on his horse without a problem. Yeah, and you've got Mark Addy and, and Alan Tudyk, who, Alan Tudyk is another one of those character actors who, he has made a career out of being the guy, he's going to be one of our generation's that guys. I love him. Oh, he is great, and I feel like in a couple of years he may end up being like a Bruce Campbell level guy because we're all sitting there like him and, and Nathan Fillion both. But like Alan T- Alan Tudyk is a prolific voice actor now, mm-hmm. and in a lot of Disney movies too. He's the uh, he's the bad guy in the first season of Doom Patrol, and he's awesome. He's also the narr- like so the first first season it, it's it's not nowhere man. Mister Nobody is mm-hmm. the bad guy, and he's omnipresent. So he he's narrating the story that he's also the villain in in real That's time. That's fantastic. That's he's great. He's so good at it. And then um, he's the he is he's King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, he's like the the corrupt businessman in Big Hero Six, and he's Hoban Washburn from he was, Firefly. He was the, the the guy that takes LSD at death at a funeral on accident and ends up naked on the roof. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Um, he's in Tucker and Dale vs Evil. Yeah, Have you ever seen- yes, he is. <laughs> he is um, so good. And then who uh, I forget the guy's name. I, I, I it's a terrible comic book nerd thing of me. He's Vision. Oh, Paul um, Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yep. So Paul Bettany is Chaucer. So this is a knight's tale, and they throw in that this is actually Chaucer. So Chaucer, the Canterbury Tales. This is just what inspired him to write his tales of of life in medieval England. So um, who has two thumbs and has actually never read the Canterbury Tales? Oh, this me. This guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've read part <laughs> of it. That was it. Um, when we were when we were uh, when we were watching this, I brought it up with Victoria, and she's like, "You never w- had to read that in high school." No, I didn't. Somehow that one slipped through. You know, Mister Stanton, you know, got us to read Batman comics and not you know the Canterbury Tales. We read some other. It's funny too because we read. There's things that I remember reading in high school that I know other people didn't. But then there's other things I didn't read in high. Like I didn't read Hamlet in high school. You didn't. No, I read a bunch of other ones, hmm. but not Hamlet. I didn't read it in college either. We read a bunch of other ones, but we didn't read Hamlet. It was yeah, it was, it was interesting. So, yeah, so Chaucer's in it. He's like he's William, who who now goes by the name of Count Ulrich von Lichtenstein from Gilderland. Yep. So he makes up you know makes up titles and all that kind of stuff. And then Chaucer is his hype man, and like he gets the crowd all whipped up, and which is awesome. That's so cool. You know, he falls in love with the woman. His real identity comes out. The bad guy is just a just a douche <laughs> yeah. just a bad guy you know he's a bad guy and he's 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 the reason gu- guillotines were invented right um <laughs> at, at one point he's fighting you know there's he's at a tournament and there's one guy that they they realize is the black prince of wales so everybody mm-hmm. else like forfeits because they don't want to hurt him but the guy just wanted to fight the guy just wanted to like be a part of it and william sees that in them like he recognizes it he would so, yeah he wouldn't have he wouldn't have taken the, the chance if he didn't risk if he wasn't willing to risk it he didn't want he, he's yeah, here he's here to do this so he fights him and the black prince is like awesome i thank you thank you knew who i was 
but you you let me do this and that pays off in the end because he you know he shows honor and, and i i'm i've missed that the first time i watched this he's actually the guy who at one of the early because he inter- encounters him three times at like an early tournament he uh ulrich hits him and says like i he he meets him in the middle and says i'm done but i've never retreated i all i'm asking is you give me let me retreat let me finish the joust on my own terms and yes I, and he says yep i get it you retire i'm fine with that and then he does the second one where he, he attacks him and says you you sh- you knew who i was and you still attacked you still went after me and mm-hmm. and then he saves him at the end and knights him which i thought was great yeah and then you know he gets to fight at the end and he knocks the bad guy on his ass and he gets the girl and, and everything like that you know it's a it's a cute you know fun movie i was wondering though so at the end he yells william like he yells his own name as mm-hmm. he's attacking the guy why does he do that so we so actually <laughs> i i asked the same question when we watched it and victoria brought it up that it's him it's william is it's he's no longer count he's no longer Ulrich von lichtenstein it's not even his dad's name he's not even his family name of thatcher this is his own doing it he is myself like william is doing this a guy who basically had no name and he is attacking this person who has a stack of of names and titles behind him I, that it is a just a common person doing it that it is hmm. his own it's is it's his own achievement essentially okay all right i can i can appreciate that yeah it's kind of like in you're in beowulf when he stabs his way up through the monster and screams his own name beowulf! It's, yeah exactly it's it's not quite as ridiculous as that, but that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not hiding that one. Okay, I mean this was this is a fun movie that you can find this one on Netflix. Yes, it just dropped on Netflix relatively recently. Adventure Robin Hood's HBO Max, and then um, Three Musketeers Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> Because everything's on Disney Plus. Let's. What's the, the worst one? And it, it's not like the worst one. It was just the worst one that we watched. I feel like this yeah. e- this evening. Adventures of Robin Hood. Where does that go? Mm-hmm. Because Prince Valiant's better than it. I would agree with that. And I would say that both of the Robin Hoods that we've watched are better than it. We've watched more Robin Hoods than any other subgenre of of uh, of film. No, there's got to uh, be uh, dragon movies, right? Uh, I don't know, but I don't. So think one, two, so. three. So we watched four Robin Hood movies. We would watch three pirate movies. It is not better than the Robin Hoods that we've watched. So it's already below twenty. Yeah, I was more entertained by the both of the pirates movies and the movies in between. So that brings yep. us down to 26. I will always love Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> Last Witch Hunter was just fun. I'm actually like tumbling pretty low. I I would put it between I'd put it between uh, I'd put it between Never Any Story and Cast a Deadly Spell. Maybe. Yeah. The problem is it wasn't anywhere near as enjoyable as a lot of these. It may be appreciably better than Bulletproof Monk, but I had a little lot more fun than in Bulletproof Monk. Mm, okay. You know? And that's, like, I'm tumbling through this, like, I know you don't like Van Helsing, but if that came, if somehow a, a pop-up on my screen came up and and Van Helsing showed up, I'd probably turn off the recording. You know, I love that movie, but that doesn't mean it's good. Right. I, I don't know. Neverending Story has a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people, and but I don't get it. I think Cast a Deadly Spell is, unfortunately, it's not ambitious 
it's ambitious, but it doesn't know what it could be. So mm. I think I would, I think I'd go with like in between there. I think you're right on that Wait, one. When you can you say, I'm sorry, re- repeat that. Never ending story and cast a deadly spell in between there. Okay. Cause that's like never ending story. It's visually beautiful, but it's kind of meh, sort of like Robin Hood, but it's Robin Hood also sets the groundwork for a lot of things. And cast a deadly spell is a really interesting idea that, doesn't go anywhere near far enough and doesn't realize what it could be in the same way it could have influenced things but robin hood actually did appreciably influence things okay gotcha so what's better everything i do i do it for you or oh. Ooh. <laughs> or all for love robin hood Men- prince of thieves is a better movie you think so i think so that's a better okay. movie the song is great I for know. both of them, I, I gotta give it to Prince of Thieves. I think I, I think I agree with you on that. It doesn't feel great. No. I I think it's probably because I have seen Prince of Thieves more than most movies, mm-hmm. and I think I agree with you. Like I, Three Musketeers was fun, but eh, like it's it's. I'm gonna watch it more now that I'm older. I think I enjoy it more, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's gonna have the same kind of oh, you know, staying power that Prince of Thieves has had. Correct. So I don't think it's as good as Pirates World's End because it's it doesn't go far enough in its insanity. No. I, but I would put it above Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think I agree with you on that too because Sorcerer's Apprentice doesn't have quite the same... It's fun. It's not as much fun as... Um, this, this feels more heroic. I like yes. the her- heroism of this one. Right. I think I agree with you there. And that's a, it's very rousing. So. Uh-huh. Night's Tale. Tale. Ooh. So what's your... What is it definitely not better than? I mean, I like this movie a lot. This is, yeah, me I mean, too. I, you know, this is... Um, I know. I, I like it. It's not better than the original Pirates. Yeah, but it's definitely better than... It's definitely better than Beowulf. Then there we go. Yeah. That's a new number 11. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Cool. I, yeah. Really like that one a lot Mm -hmm. that's fun awesome lucas where can people find us we can be found on twitter at sword in boardcast also on instagram at sword and or in boardcast uh if you have recommendations or discussions sword and board at gmail sword and boardcast at gmail.com uh we have our side project sword and board presents board james board uh, dropping every other episode. Lucas and I are going through each James Bond movie in chronological order with our dad. So if uh, two Farabies aren't enough for you, come check that one out. There's there's uh, an additional Farabee for the price of two. Our theme song, Goblin Road Trip, is produced by Ryan Boyd. You can find them at Ryan Boyd on Twitter. Our artwork is produced by Wes Forbes. Uh, Lars, is there anything else you want to uh, say? No, just uh, these dark times. Remember that any man can change his stars. All right, have a good night, guys. You too.